Al-Bashir, your source of Islamic literature, presents Al-Akhirah, the afterlife, narrated by Imam Anwar Al-Awlaqi. Alhamdulillah, salatu wassalamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Sign number 19, Bloodshed Spreads. Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, يَتَقَارَبُ الزَّمَانِ وَيَنْقُصُ الْعَمَلِ وَيُلْقَ الشُّحُّ وَيَكْثُرُ الْحَرَجِ قَالُوا وَمَا الْحَرَجِ قَالَ الْقَتْلُ الْقَتْلُ رواه البخاري Rasulullah says in this hadith in Bukhari a time will come when haraj would be widespread the sahaba asked Rasulullah what does haraj mean because this is not an Arabic word it is بلسان الحبشة Rasulullah says it is an Abyssinian word from Habasha now, Allah alam if it's still circulating, haraj. But it means, Rasulullah told them, it means killing. The language in Ethiopia is uh, amhari. But Rasulullah says in another hadith, بلسان أهل الحبشة القتل القتل. Rasulullah there were occasions when he used non-Arabic words. Or he used an accent different than the accent of Quraysh. Like for example, when there was one tribe in Yemen that had a different accent, the people of Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, Ash'ara, when they came to visit Rasulullah they replace L with M. The word L, L which means D, they replace it with M. So they asked Rasulullah هل من انبرم فم صيام فم سفر هل من البر الصيام في السفر هل انبر فم صيام فم سفر Is there any reward in fasting while traveling? Rasulullah responded with their same accent and said لنبرم فم صيام فم سفر uh, there is no reward for fasting in travel. That means that there is rukhsah. You are allowed to break your fast when you're traveling. So Rasulullah here is using the word al-haraj, which means killing. Rasulullah says killing would be widespread. Lives of people would be cheap. And this doesn't mean Muslims fighting non-Muslim. Because that is the impression that the Sahaba got. In the hadith narrated by Ahmad, أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إن بين يدي الساعة الهرج قال وما الهرج قال القتل the same hadith as in Bukhari Rasulullah says between approaching the day of judgment will be haraj killing they said what does it mean Rasulullah said killing قالوا أكثر مما نقتل إن لنقتل في كل عام أكثر من سبعين ألفا the Sahaba said there will be more killing than now the Sahaba said can there be more killing than this so they said, will there be more killing than the killing that exists now? Rasulullah said, إِنَّهُ لَيْسَ بِقَتْلِكُمُ الْمُشْرِكِينَ وَلَكِنْ قَتْلُ بَعْضِكُمْ بَعْضًا Rasulullah said, this is not you killing the disbelievers, it is you killing each other. It is Muslims killing Muslims. قَالُوا وَمَعْنَا عُقُولُنَا Look at subhanAllah, the way the Sahaba used to think. They said, and will we have our minds then? Where will our brains be? قال إنه لتنزع عقول أهل ذلك الزمان ويخلف له هباء من الناس يحسب أكثرهم أنهم على شيء وليسوا على شيء. صلى الله عليه وسلم says the minds of the people in that time would be taken away and there will be lowly people who think that they are following something and they're following nothing. They think that they're following the religion of Allah but they're not following anything and they will have Weak brains, people who are killing each other like this. Rasulullah said they don't have their minds with them. وعن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم والذي نفسي بيده لا تذهب الدنيا حتى يأتي على الناس يوم لا يدري القاتل فيما قتل ولا المقتول فيما قتل. فقيل كيف يكون ذلك؟ قال الهرج القاتل والمقتول في النار. رواه مسلم. رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم says in the by Muslim that a time will come. When the killer and the, the killer will not know why he killed, and the person who was killed will not know why he was killed. So a person is going out and killing, and he doesn't know why he's killing. And the person who was killed doesn't know why he lost his life. Rasulullah will be asked, how can that happen? Rasulullah says, that will be the time of haraj. That will be time of widespread killing. And then Rasulullah said, al-qatil wal-maqtul fi nar The one who kills and the killed are both in hellfire. The one who killed... The one who was killed and the killer are both in hellfire. Why? Because everyone wants to kill everyone else. Even though the person has killed himself, but he had the intention of going out and killing others. And this is time of fitna. This is time when things are unclear and people have taken the ruh, the soul, 
lightly and they spill blood freely. Now, even though that in itself is a great sin and a disaster for the people living in dunya, but also on the other hand, we need to keep in mind this conversation that happened between Abi Burda and one of Al-Ansar. An Abi Burda, قال بين أنا واقف في السوق في إمارة زياد إذ ضربت بإحدى يدي على الأخرى تعجبا فقال رجل من الأنصار قد كانت لوالده صحبة مع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم مما تعجب يا أبا بردة قلت أعجب من قوم دينهم واحد ونبيهم واحد ودعوتهم واحدة وحجهم واحد وغزمهم واحد يستحل بعضهم قتل بعض قال فلا تعجب فإني سمعت والدي أخبرني أنه سمع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول إن أمتي أمة مرحومة ليس عليها في الآخرة عذاب إنما عذابها في الدنيا القتل والبلابل والزلازل خرجه الحاكم وصححه ووافقه الذهبي أبي بردة says that I was in the marketplace in the time of Ziyad in the Amara of Ziyad this is in the time of الدولة الأموية and I clamped my hands together in amazement. That was a sign of being amazed or surprised. So one of Al-Ansar, whose father was a companion of Rasulullah said, Why are you amazed? Why are you astonished? So Abu Burda said, I am amazed. These are people who have the same religion, the same prophet, the same da'wah, the same hajj, the same jihad, and they are killing each other. How could that happen? How could this ummah, who have the same Lord, the same Nabi, the same book, the same ibadah, the same everything, how could they fight each other? How could it happen? How did we get to this level? So this Ansari said, don't be astonished. I heard my father say, that he heard from Rasulullah saying, Allah has mercy on this ummah. They will not be punished in akhirah, but their punishment is in dunya. Their punishment is not in the afterlife. Their punishment is in this world. And that will be through killing and trials and tribulations and zalazil. Zalazil are earthquakes and other disasters. So this ummah, even though it's going through all of this misery, nevertheless that's a sign of the mercy of Allah because this means that the ummah is being washed away from their sins. We don't want this fighting. We should stop it. We should do our best to do so. But we should also not forget that whatever befalls the Muslims in this world will take away some of their sins from the Day of Judgment. Number 20, the shrinking of time. Rasulullah says, عن أبي هريرة قال قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تقوم الساعة حتى يتقارب الزمان رواه البخاري. Abu Huraira says that Rasulullah said approaching the Day of Judgment time will shrink. And this is narrated by Al-Bukhari. Rasulullah explains that further in another hadith narrated by Ahmad عن أبي هريرة قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تقوم الساعة حتى يتقارب الزمان فتكون السنة كالشهر ويكون الشهر كالجمعة وتكون الجمعة كاليوم ويكون اليوم كالساعة وتكون الساعة كاحتراق الساعة Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم says that the day of judgment will not occur until time shrinks the year will be like a month and a month will be like a week. And a week will be like a day. And a day will be like an hour. And an hour will be like burning a leaf. That's how fast time will pass. What does this mean? What does it mean that time will shrink? The scholars have a few opinions. Number one is that there will be a lack of barakah. Time will not have any blessing. Time will be missing blessing. And we can see the evidence of that now. A whole day will pass by and you feel that you accomplished nothing. Years will pass by and you see that you're going nowhere. You're not improving. And our day is 24 hours. Just like the day of Abu Bakr and the day of Umar and the day of all of the scholars, they had a 24-hour day, just like you. Nevertheless, we find that some people were able to accomplish much, much more than we are able to accomplish in the time. And we feel that time is going by very fast. When you look at some of the people who had blessing in their time, for example, Ibn al-Jawzi. Ibn al-Jawzi, when he passed away, they collected all of his work, all of the books that he has written, and they divided it by the days of his life. How many days did he live in this world? They found out that he was writing 
approximately an average of 11 pages per day. And for us, when we were students, to write a term paper is something. And he used to write 11 pages per day. Ibn Taymiyyah, he wrote his famous book of Aqidah, Al-Aqidah Al-Wasatiyah, a treatise on Aqidah, a famous book that is now taught in Islamic universities over a whole semester, sometimes over a year. His book of Aqidah. He wrote it between Dhuhr and Asr. He wrote that book of Aqidah between Dhuhr and Asr. After he finished Salat al-Dhari, he sat down and wrote the book by Asr, it was done. And now students complain that it's too much for them to go through in a year. And you could use this to go through the lives of many other people. That's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it, the lifestyle that we have in America makes time seem very short. When we go to other countries in the world that have a slower pace, where the life is not as complicated, you feel that you have a lot of time throughout the day. You feel that you have a lot of free time. Here we don't have free time. Everybody is rushing. Even within America, you find a difference between areas and others. You go to some areas, life is so fast. You go into the rural areas, into small towns, you have a slower pace of life. Therefore, we can even see a difference. And subhanAllah, time is, is an amazing thing, Allah alam. And if we have the right understanding of it or now, how we measure time. Because you, you feel that an hour is different than an hour somewhere else. It's an hour. It's the same. One day is one day, wherever you go. But you feel that it's different. How? Allah alam. So that's one opinion of the scholars, that there's a lack of blessing, lack of barakah. Second opinion, استقصار الوقت في زمن المهدي نتيجة الرخاء. Some scholars say that this will happen in the time of Mahdi. People will have such a luxurious life that time will pass by very fast. And Allah alam, if this is the case, I mean, when you're in luxury, do you feel that time goes by fast or slow? Allah alam. But this is one opinion of the scholars. They say in the time of Mahdi, mentioning the opinions. التقارب الناشئ عن وسائل المواصلات. The shrinking of time due to the new forms of communication and transportation. A travel, a trip that would take you a month, a few centuries ago, now you could do it in a few hours. You could go from one part of the globe to the other side of the globe, from one side of the globe to the other side of the globe in a few hours. That trip would take people years. It would take them years to cross the oceans. And now people do it in a few hours. And then, that is in terms of transportation. And then forms of communication have made it very swift. You could email a person wherever they are in the world, and they would get that email in a few seconds. You could call anyone anywhere over the world. Therefore, these new forms of communication and transportation have shrinked time. You could do things that needed a lot of time in less time. And then finally, another opinion is that there will be literal shrinkage of time. A year would be less. A month would be literally less. A week will be literally less. And that could be due to faster rotation of the earth. The earth could rotate faster. It could spin around the sun faster. Don't think that these speeds are fixed. The universe is changing. It's expanding. And there are different theories of how this universe would come to an end. And there's now a very, very strong theory among scientists that the universe started through a big explosion, which was called the Big Bang. So it expanded. And then the end of the universe will come through a big crunch. Just like there was a Big Bang where it expanded, it will end by a big crunch. So everything will come together again. And subhanAllah, Allah says in Quran, that the sun will come right over the earth and the stars would fall down and the moon would fall down so everything is coming back together again. It's still a theory. We're not going to use it to give tafsir of Quran. But these are the ayat that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us about the day of judgment. Therefore, there could be a shrinkage of time. A year could pass by very fast. Instead of the year being 365 days, it could be less. Because the earth is spinning around, the, is going around the orbit faster. And the earth could spin around its axis faster so it would be less than 24 hours for each day. And you know that the day is relative to where you are. If you are on the moon, the day would be different than on earth. If you are on Mercury, then the day would be almost like a year. Because the year is very short. These are some opinions on this hadith. Number 
21 the proximity of markets an abi hurairah anna rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam qala la taqum as-sa'a hatta tadhhar al-fitan wa yakthur al-kadhib wa yataqarab al-aswaq rawahu ahmad sallallahu alayhi wasallam says one of the signs of the day of judgment is that markets would be close to each other so, subhanallah this already happened a while back every neighborhood would have a corner store small grocery store here and there and then you would have a central market for the town some places they call it bazaar some places souq it's a central in a central location for the whole town they have one market and then they have small grocery stores in every neighborhood now every neighborhood has a mall and there are markets everywhere stores are opening everywhere for example in yemen there is a town that has what's called souq al-khamis another town has souq al-rabu' souq al-jum'ah Suq al-Khamis means the market of Thursday because the market would only open on Thursday that was their central market it would only open a time will come when swap meet maybe will open every day we'll see maybe one day swap meet will be on a daily basis this town they would have a market once a week so farmers would come in with their crops and they would sell it once a week that's it that's the market of the town now those markets are open daily everywhere you have new construction of huge american style superstores and malls and that is now happening in the muslim world huge construction of big business districts and that is a new phenomenon a while back very actually very close back we're not talking about a hundred years we're talking about a few years ago a few decades ago markets were very rare and now markets are everywhere tataqarab al-aswaq markets are going to be so close by earlier you have to travel to go to a market It's a trip to go to a market to buy something. Otherwise, you get it from your own farm. If you want to get something from a market, you have to travel to get it. Or you have to wait when the market is open. Number 22, or actually let's talk about 23 first because it relates to the proximity of markets, the spread of trade. In number 21, we talked about proximity of markets, markets close to each other. This one is the spread of trade. An Amr ibn Taghlub, qala qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, إن من أشراط الساعة أن يفشو المال وتفشو التجارة ويظهر العلم ويبيع الرجل البيع فيقول لا حتى أستأمر تاجر بني فلان ويلتمس في الحي العظيم الكاتب فلا يوجد وصلى الله صلى الله عليه وسلم says in this hadith that money would be so widespread and business and trade would be so widespread and there's another hadith narrated by Imam Ahmed وَفُشُوُ التِّجَارَةِ حَتَّى تُشَارِكَ الْمَرْأَةُ زَوْجَهَا فِي التِّجَارَةِ SubhanAllah, this is a sign that we find now that business is becoming so widespread. People are moving out of agriculture into business. People are moving out of different killed jobs into business. Everybody is going into business. And the computer or the information age revolution is bringing with it new opportunities. And you find that everybody is going into these new industries and different forms of business are invented now you have e-commerce and that's a whole new revolution in business now you can even order your groceries online and this is causing as i said a big business boom but this business is also demanding and you find now that instead of the husband working his business and his wife is taking care of the kids and the house affairs being a homemaker Now the husband and wife are opening up a business together. You find that a lot. Businesses, family-owned businesses that are run by the man and the woman, by the husband and the wife. Every one of them takes a shift. And you find that all over the place. While A while ago, the man would go out in the farm and work or would go out to the store and work and the wife would be taking care of the house. But now because business is very demanding, they're both working in the store together and the kids are in the daycare. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in this hadith narrated by Ahmed, وَفُشُوُ التِّجَارَةِ حَتَّى تُشَارِكَ الْمَرْأَةُ زَوْجَهَا فِي التِّجَارَةِ Business will be widespread and will prevail to the extent that the wife would help her husband in business. So Imam and Pop Store, subhanAllah. Is this good? أَفَسُوهَا كَمَا تَنَافَسُوهَا وَتُهْلِكَكُمْ كَمَا أَهْلَكَتْهُمْ Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in the name of Allah, I'm not worried about poverty. That's not my concern on his ummah. 
Rasulullah said, I'm not concerned for my ummah. Poverty is not my concern. But my concern is that they would become wealthy. Because then you would compete on this world like the people before you competed and it would destroy you like it destroyed them. Competing on this world would lead to destruction like it has destroyed nations before. Rasulullah said that is my concern. Because Rasulullah knew that poverty is not going to be a big problem for this ummah. This ummah, Allah will give it. This ummah is receiving a lot of wealth. There's a lot of resources. Whatever poverty exists is not due to the lack of resources. It is because of unfair competition and unfair handling of the wealth. The abuse of wealth. That's the problem. Unfair distribution. But the ummah, under the land of the ummah, lays the resources of the world. That's where the resources of the world are. Sign number 23, the appearance of shirk in this ummah. عن ثوبان قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تقوم الساعة حتى تلحق قبائل من أمتي بالمشركين وحتى يعبدوا الأوثان. رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم says one of the signs of the day of judgment is that some tribes from this ummah, clans, whole people, would follow the mushrikeen, the non-believers, and some of them would worship idols, pagan worshiping. And some of this already happened. Allah alam if there's anything left. But forms of this have already occurred, forms of uh, paganism, worshipping the dead, worshipping graves. Some of this has already happened and is still happening. Number 24, earthquakes. And zalazal means earthquakes. But it could also mean great trials and tribulations. In a hadith in Bukhari, Rasulullah says one of the signs of the day of judgment, وَتَكْثُرَ zalazal. Earthquakes will be frequent. And in another hadith, يَبْنَ حَوَالَةِ إِذَا رَأَيْتَ الْخِلَافَةَ قَدْ نَزَلَتِ الْأَرْضَ الْمُقَدَّسَةِ فَقَدْ دَنَتِ الزَّلَازِلُ وَالْبَلَايَا وَالْأُمُورُ الْعِظَامِ وَالسَّاعَةُ يَوْمَئِذٍ أَقْرَبُ إِلَى النَّاسِ مِنْ يَدَيَّ هَذِهِ مِنْ رَأْسِكِ رواه أحمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said, Oh, son of Hawala, Ibn Hawala, one of the companions, if you see Khilafah approaching the Holy Land, then the time for earthquakes and disasters and great issues is approaching. And the hour, that time, will be closer to the people than my hand to your head. Now, what is meant by Danat al-Khilafa al-Ard al-Muqaddasa? When the Khilafa is close to the Holy Land, Allah that is talking about times still to come because the Khilafa, the center of the Khilafa for the Muslims, Allah will be in the Holy Land because that is where Al-Mahdi will be in Isa ibn Maryam. And uh, those will be times of peace and will be times of security. But then after that, it will be the worst disasters and then it will be the end of the world. Number 25, sinking, stoning and transformation into animals. An Aisha qalat, qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, يكون في آخر الأمة خصف ومسخ وقذف قالت قلت يا رسول الله أنهلك وفينا الصالحون قال نعم إذا ظهر الخبث أو الخبث رواه الترمذي رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم says in the hadith narrated by Tirmidhi that there will be in the end of this ummah sinking, stoning and transformation into animals Aisha said will we be destroyed and there are righteous among us رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said yes if evil prevails, if there's too many evil people, too much evil, even if they're righteous people among the ummah, the ummah will be destroyed. And this hadith is talking about khasf, which is sinking. So it means that earth would, parts of the earth would be swallowed, sinking. And qadf, which is stoning. And then maskh. Maskh is transformation into animals. So a human being would be transformed into a pig or a monkey or another animal. Most of the scholars say, that this is a physical, actual transformation. Some of them say it's a transformation of the heart. But this is a minority opinion. So the heart would act like an animal. It will not be like the body is a body of a human being, but the heart is a heart of an animal. And the behavior is a behavior of an animal. That's one opinion, even though the majority opinion is that it is physical transfer, actual transformation of form. Number 26 ارتفاع السفلة 
the rise of the low. عن أبي هريرة قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم سيأتي على الناس سنوات خداعات يصدق فيها الكاذب ويكذب فيها الصادق ويؤتمن فيها الخائن ويخون فيها الأمين وينطق فيها الرويبضة قيل ومن الرويبضة قال الرجل التافه في أمر العامة رواه ابن ماجه أبو هريرة رضي الله عنه نريس رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said there will be tricky years wicked years where the liar would be believed and the truthful will not be believed and the untrustworthy would be trusted and the trustworthy will not be trusted and the ruaybullah would speak the sahaba said who is the ruaybullah rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said the lowly the insignificant will be talking in the affairs of the people and this hadith is narrated by ibn majah rasulullah is talking about wicked years sanawat khadda'a tricky years where things are very tricky why because a liar would be believed people will believe the liar the minister of propaganda for hitler he said we're going to lie until people believe us we're going to keep on lying until people believe us now you don't have to keep on lying as as long as you have a prominent position you're somewhere up there people are going to believe your word and the truthful the true person will not be believed the righteous and we find this now that liars would be believed and the truthful will not and you find that now the people who are believed or the people who are leaders are the ones who are liars and the people who are not followed and the people who are thrown aside are the scholars and the righteous and the ones who are honest and truthful and then in terms of honesty if a person is honest that person will not be trusted but the untrustworthy would be trusted and then the biggest problem of all is that ar-ruaybada would speak and who was ar-ruaybada ar-ruaybada rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam says at-tafah at-tafah is the low person this does not talk about the class and the caste system that exists in the world today this is talking about people in terms of their religion people who are low on their religion people who are low class in religion these are the low class the low class are the people without deen without religion without morals and ethics these are the lowly people and the insignificant rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam says yatakallam this lowly and insignificant person who shouldn't be listened to to start with now would be speaking in the affairs of the masses in the affairs of the people that person would be a leader and that person would set the plans and that person would teach and that person would lead and these are the positions of leadership that are now occupied in the muslim world are occupied by people of this type who have no religion whatsoever tafah insignificant and the ones who have the knowledge and have the understanding and have the honesty and they have the ability and the capability of leading are killed and exiled and executed and eliminated this hadith is a description is a description exact description of the state of affairs in the muslim world This is how the Muslim world now is run. It is run by ruaybada, people who are in this category that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said. In another hadith narrated by Ahmad, وَقَالَ لَا تَذْهَبُ الدُّنْيَا حَتَّى تَصِيرَ لِلُقْبِ بِالْلُقْبِ. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam says, the time will come when this world will be for the luka' بِالْلُقْبِ. Who is the luka' بِالْلُقْبِ? Luka' uh, means laim, wicked. Rasulullah says the world a time will come when the world belong to the wicked son of a wicked the world will belong to them what does it mean that the world will belong to them al-manawi in the explanation of this hadith says ay hatta yasir na'im ad-dunya wa maladha wal wajaha fiha lahu al-manawi says that the wealth of this world will belong to the wicked the position and positions of power in this world will belong to the wicked and the honor in this world will belong to the wicked and if you want to see who they are look at the rich and famous that's where you'll find their names where subhanallah the whole field of uh, of entertainment is is based on nifaq hypocrisy they learn how to be hypocrites you cannot be a good actor unless you're a good hypocrite because then you know how to act and subhanallah you find kids 18 years old 7 years old uh, pop singers they are millionaires and they are famous and they are the, on the cover of every magazine and they are sought after by everyone and subhanallah if you ask 
go around and ask the people, what do you think about this singer? What do you think about this actor? They would say, he's what? Or she's what? Cool. He's cool and she's cool. And subhanAllah, that's an exact translation of this hadith. And subhanAllah, you find the description of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And this hadith is muttafaq alayh. وَيُقَالُ لِلرَّجُلِ مَا أَعْقَلَهُ وَمَا أَظْرَفَهُ وَمَا أَجْلَدَهُ وَمَا فِي قَلْبِهِ مِثْقَالُ حَبَّةِ خَرْدَلًا مِنْ إِيمَانِ Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa say, a time will come when it will be said about a man, مَا أَعْقَلَهُ, how intelligent he is, وَمَا أَظْرَفَهُ What is the translation of مَا أَظْرَفَهُ? How cool he is. So people will say, look at how intelligent he is, look at how cool he is, and then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says, and there's not even a single grain of Iman in his heart. Not even a single grain of Iman is in the heart of that person, but the people describe him as cool. Wallah, yani some of these sports stars and entertainment stars, no, yani no qualifications whatsoever in terms of morality or ethics or Iman, nothing. Find the worst, the worst personalities. And they are the ones who are described as being cool. Number 27, Salam only to the ones you know. Salam lil ma'rifah. An Ibn Mas'udin, qala qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, inna min ashrat al-sa'ati, an yusallim al-rajulu ala al-rajul, la yusallimu alayhi illa lil ma'rifah. Rawah Ahmed. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, one of the signs of the day of judgment, is that you will only give salam to the ones you know. And this hadith is narrated by Ahmed. Before, whoever a person would meet in the street or the market of the masjid, they would give them salam. Now, people only give salam to the ones they know. As-salam al-ma'rifah. So salam is not anymore haq al-Muslim. It is not the right of a Muslim. It's only something that you give to your friends. Even though we know that salam is for the Muslim, any Muslim. You know or you don't know. This is for the Muslims. Salam is for the Muslims. In fact, subhanAllah here, the greetings between people is more than the salam between Muslims and Muslim countries. Could run into somebody and if you give them salam and you don't know them, they might look at you and frown. And then, Do you know me? Start, and then start to refresh the memory. Maybe I, I forgot about this person. Did I meet you before? There isn't anything called giving salam just for the sake of salam among Muslims. Continue with sign 28, which is Nisa Kasiat Ariyat. Uh, women who are dressed but naked. Rasulullah says in this hadith narrated by Muslim, وَنِسَاءٌ كَاسِيَاتٌ عَارِيَاتٌ مُمِيلَاتٌ مَائِلَاتٌ رُؤُوسُهُنَّ كَأَسْنِمَةِ الْبُخْتِ الْمَائِلَةِ لَا يَدْخُلْنَ الْجَنَّةِ وَلَا يَجِدْنَ رِيحَهَا وَإِنَّ رِيحَهَا لَيُوجَدُ مِنْ مَسِيرَةِ كَذَا وَكَذَا Rasulullah says that one of the signs of the Day of Judgment is that there would be women who are kasiyat ariyat. Kasiyat ariyat means they're dressed but naked. They're dressed but naked. And then Rasulullah described them as their heads are like asnimat al-bukht al-ma'ilah, the hump of a camel which is tilted. So it must be describing some type of hairdressing. La yadkhulna al-jannah. They do not enter into jannah. This is talking about Muslim women, obviously. It's not talking about kuffar. Kuffar, they don't enter Jannah. But this is talking about from Usat al-Mu'mineen, the sinning believers. They do not enter into Jannah. And they do not even smell the scent of Jannah. And the smell of the scent of Jannah can be found from a very far distance. In another hadith, it says 70 years. You could smell the scent of Jannah. Rasulullah described them as kasiyat ariyat. They're dressed but naked. What does this mean? It means that they have clothes on, but it is as if they don't have anything on. And nowadays you find strings, just strings, marketed as clothes. And it's just a string. That's an extreme example, but this would also include these fashion clothes which are so tight, it reveals every part of the body as if there are no clothes whatsoever. This clothes only covers the color of the skin, but it reveals all of the physical uh, body. It would also apply to clothes that are transparent. There are some types of clothes that are very, very thin and light that you could see through, see through clothes. These are all examples of kasiyat ariyat. 
dressed but naked. This fashion starts here, but then it spreads all over the world. It comes out from here and from Europe. And women in the Muslim world, they follow the trend. Some do. And Rasulullah says that they will not enter into Jannah. Sign number 29. This hadith can be interpreted as the anticipation of cars, new forms of transportation. And it also relates to the sign before Rasulullah says, and this hadith is narrated by Imam Ahmad, سَيَكُونُ فِي آخِرِ أُمَّتِي رِجَالٌ يَرْكَبُونَ عَلَى السُّرُوجِ كَأَشْبَاهِ الرِّحَالِ Rasulullah says, in the future there will be men of my ummah who are sitting over suruj. Suruj is saddle on ashbah al-rihal, on things that are similar to camels. Rasulullah did not say it is a camel, but Rasulullah said it is ashbah al-rihal. It's a form of transportation, but it's not a camel. In another hadith, mayathir, a very wide seat. Rasulullah says they would be sitting on a very wide seat. Now we know that the saddle on a camel is small and the same thing on a horse or a donkey. But Rasulullah said it's wide and then it's kashbah rihal It's not exactly a camel. Rasulullah was describing to us cars, but there's no word for car at that time. Therefore Rasulullah used these words to express it to us. So they are sitting on saddles, but the saddles are very wide. It's like the couch or the seat in a automobile, in a car, it's very wide. And Rasulullah says, they're riding on something, but it's not camels. These are not camels. It is, Rasulullah was talking about these new forms of transportation, which is also mentioned in Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that He created for you uh, camels and donkeys and horses, and things that you do not know. And these things that we do not know are the airplane, and the automobiles and other forms of transportation that we have and only Allah knows what lies in the future because don't think that the advancement and change in technology ended subhanallah every day we are seeing a whole new set of inventions every time so maybe these forms of transportation would even change and then Rasulullah says about them about these men yanziluna ala abwab al-masajid and they descend from these cars on the gates of the masajid. So they park their cars next to the masajid and they go down to the masajid. But then Rasulullah said about them, نِسَاءَهُمْ كَاسِيَاتٌ عَارِيَاتٌ عَلَىٰ رُوسِهِمْ كَأَسْنِيمَةِ الْبُخْتِ الْعِجَافِ الْعَلُوهُنَّ فَإِنَّهُنَّ مَلْعُونَاتٌ Rasulullah said, but their wives are dressed but naked. And then Rasulullah said, curse them because they are cursed. Sign number 30. الصَّادِقَ لِلْمُؤْمِنِ The true dreams for the believers. Rasulullah says in the hadith narrated by Tirmidhi, إِذَا اقْتَرَبَ الزَّمَانُ لَمْ تَكَدْ رُؤْيَا الْمُؤْمِنِ تَكْذِبْ وَأَصْدَقُهُمْ رُؤْيَا أَصْدَقُهُمْ حَدِيثًا وَرُؤْيَا الْمُسْلِمِ جُزْءٌ مِنْ سِتَّةٍ وَأَرْبَعِينَ جُزْءًا مِنَ النُّبُوَةِ Rasulullah says that towards the end of time, the dream of the believer almost never lies. The dreams of the believer are almost always true. They happen just as you see it in the dream. That's towards the end of time. One of the uh, reasons given by the scholars is that because this ummah will not have any more anbiya, and the anbiya are the ones who receive the revelation from Allah, and because things are very difficult and there's times of hardship, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala supports the believers with dreams that come true. It's a form of support for them. Bishara. Glad tidings. But we have to be careful that dreams can never be a source of sharia. There is no sharia that is revealed through a dream. The sharia is revealed to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Dreams are bisharat. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said bisharat. Glad tidings. Like for example, Al-Imam al-Bukhari, it is mentioned that he has seen a dream where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is approving his work in Sahih al-Bukhari. That's a glad tiding. Another example is Al-Imam Al-Suyuti. When he was writing Sahih Al-Jam Al-Saghir, he saw a dream where Rasulullah is reviewing the ahadith with him. These are glad tidings. There is no new teaching that is given in the dream. There is no change in sharia. It's just a glad tiding. Or for example, it is mentioned that 
one of the early Muslims saw a dream and Rasulullah came and told him that he would become a shaheed. And Uthman ibn Affan, he was fasting the day he was killed. And he saw a dream where Rasulullah told him, you're going to break your fast with us. And he died in that same day. But he never broke his fast in dunya. And Rasulullah told him, you're going to break your fast with us. And these are examples, glad tidings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to the believers through dreams. But there's no new teachings and no change to the religion through a dream. Rasulullah says that the truest in their dreams, the ones who see true dreams, are the truest in their words. The more truthful you are, the more your dream will be. وَأَصْدَقُهُمْ رُؤْيَا أَصْدَقُهُمْ حَدِيثًا Because a true dreams comes to a truthful heart. If a person is truthful, then their dreams are more likely to be true. And Rasulullah says, وَرُؤْيَا الْمُسْلِمُ جُزْءٍ مِنْ سِتَّةٍ وَرْبَعِينَ جُزْءٍ مِنَ النُّبُوَةِ And the dream of the believer is one out of 46 parts of prophethood. What does this mean? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, before he received the revelation from Jibreel, he saw dreams for how long? Six months. Throughout that six months, he was seeing dreams and they would happen exactly. He would see a dream at night and he would then see it happen in front of his eyes in the daytime for six months. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam received the revelation from Jibreel for how long? 23 years. What is the ratio of 6 months to 23 years? It's 1 to 46. The ratio of 6 months to 23 years is 1 to 46. Therefore, the dreams are 1 out of 46 parts of prophethood. And that is the only part of prophethood that is left. The revelation by an angel to a human being is over. Now there are no human beings who are receiving revelation from angels. That was done with Muhammad sallallahu the seal of the prophets and the messengers. Meaning that Jibreel will never descend on anybody after Muhammad sallallahu But dreams are continuing. And they are a form of inspiration from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sign number 31, the spread of print. Rasulullah sallallahu says, إِنَّ بَيْنَ يَدَيِ ظهور القلم رواه أحمد رسول الله says that approaching the day of judgment the pen will prevail the word قلم in Arabic one of its meanings is the pen but it also means anything that is written any written material is called anything that is written is called القلم اللوح المحفوظ was written by القلم now is it a pen like the pens we have no it's different but it was called قلم because it is written material Anything that is in print or written, any literature, anything that is written down or documented, happens through the pen, al-qalam. And this sign already happened. This sign already occurred. Zuhur al-qalam, Rasulullah says, it will prevail. The print, written material will prevail. A few centuries ago, people did not have libraries. People did not have books at their houses. There were no newspapers, no magazines. Written material was very scarce. You would have whole societies, they don't have any book. Societies, complete society, they don't know anything called book or writing down. There are tribes and societies that only have an oral language. They do not have a written language. And until today, there are still languages that are not written. And in the time of Rasulullah the ones who could read and write, you could count them. And after the message of Islam spread, the educated people, society, as a society, as a whole, the educated society for a long period of history was the Muslims. The rest of the world were, were living in the darkness of ignorance. But even then, it wasn't common for every house to have a mushaf. The well-off masajid would have masahif for people to go and read. Otherwise, only the scholars and the students of knowledge are the ones who had books. And you would have books... In the major Muslim towns, you would have libraries, like in Baghdad, the library of Baghdad, the library of Qurtuba, Cordova, the library of uh, Damascus, Samarkand, the major towns. Otherwise, you could go into villages and they don't even have a book, they don't even have a mushaf. Books and masahif, written material, didn't exist. Newspapers, magazines, was something unknown to the world. It wasn't until the printing media was invented 
by Gutenberg, the German printer. Even though there are some earlier forms that existed maybe in China, maybe in other places, but as a, an active movement of print, it happened in the 15th century. And then print spread all over the world. In the earlier days, a farmer or a merchant didn't have a library or any book at home. Now everyone has a library at their house. Everyone has books. In every house, you would have magazines or newspapers. It's spread all over the world now. In the most rural areas, you're going to find books. You find schools. So the printed material is all over the world. And then now with the advent of the internet, it's even spreading it more. So now, with click of few fingers, you have access to millions, millions of books and printed material. Because the computer remains as a media for print. You can read through it. It doesn't have to be written on paper. Anything that is written on any form, whether it's on a, a board or a piece of paper or on a computer screen or on the wall, that is still a form of print. It's a media for conveying literature. And this is a fulfillment of the hadith of Rasulullah that approaching the day of judgment, the pen will prevail. Al-Qalam. Zuhur al-Qalam. But that does not necessarily mean that knowledge would prevail. The fact that printed material is all over the world doesn't necessarily mean that the people become more learned. Yes, people are learning more now. They learn a lot and schools are all over the world. But that doesn't mean that they're getting reliable, valid knowledge. Because most of the people rely on junk media. Just like there's junk food, McDonald's and Burger King, there's junk media. ABC, NBC and CBS, this is junk media. True knowledge can be gained from the reliable and valid books. You don't get it from TV. You don't get true knowledge from TV. If your source of education is TV, you're not really learning much. But unfortunately, most of the people, the masses, are getting their information through TV. And that's the worst source. It is commercialized. It is junk. It is for the brainwash of the masses of the people. It is to control their minds and thoughts. But the true knowledge can be gained from the reliable and great books. That's where you get the knowledge from. Sign number 32, the expansion of the crescent, al-hilal. Al-hilal, the crescent, before the day of judgment, it will expand. That doesn't necessarily have to mean that the moon is bigger. But it means that our perception of it, we see it bloated. We see it larger. Rasulullah because Rasulullah did not say that the moon is bigger. Rasulullah said, Intifaqul Ahillah. The crescent is bloated. Rasulullah says in this hadith narrated by At-Tabarani, Min iqtirab al-sa'ah, Intifaqul Ahillah. One of the signs of the Day of Judgment is that the crescent will be bloated. It will look larger. It will look bigger than it was seen before. To the extent that Rasulullah says, وَأَنْ يُرَى الْهِلَالُ لِلَيْلَةٍ فَيُقَالُ لِلَيْلَتَيْنِ to the extent that people will see the Hilal and it's one night old, one day old, but they would say this is two days old. Because it looks bigger, it looks larger, it looks bloated. Allah alam why that happens. But if you look at the moon when it's close to the horizon, and you look at the moon when it's up in the sky, which one looks larger? When it's close to the horizon or when it's up in the sky? When it's on the horizon. Look over here in San Diego, if you look at the moon at sunrise or sunset, it looks very big. It looks almost as the sign of the sun. Almost as the size of the sun when it's on the horizon. And then when it goes up in the sky, it gets smaller and smaller, until when it's in the center of the sky, it looks very small. The reason for that is not because the moon is getting further away. The distance doesn't change. It looks bigger on the horizon because when you look at it, the cross-section of atmosphere between you and the moon is greater than when you're looking at it when it's up in the sky. When it's down in the horizon, you're looking at through more smog, more dirty air, more oxygen, more nitrogen, more carbon dioxide, than when you look at it when it's straight up in the air. Because the cross-section is smaller when you look at it when it's up. When you're looking at it when it's in the horizon, you're looking through a lot of atmosphere. The atmosphere of the earth makes it look larger than it really is. And maybe pollution in the future will make it even look bigger. Allah Alam. Sign number 33, lies and fabrications in religion. قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم 
يكون في آخر الزمان دجالون كذابون يأتوكم من الأحاديث بما لم تسمعوا أنتم ولا آباؤكم فإياكم وإياهم لا يضلونكم ولا يفتنونكم رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم says that approaching the end of time there would be Dajjalun. Dajjal is it's somebody who is pretending imposter. But this is not talking about the Masih Dajjal. This hadith is not talking about the Masih Dajjal. It's talking about other Dajjals. Dajjal are people who lie, who pretend to be something and they're something different. Kathabun are liars. Dajjalun kathabun. They're liars. يأتونكم من الأحاديث بما لم تسمعوا أنتم ولا أباؤكم. They present you with talk that you did not hear and your forefathers never heard before. So they bring up things, they bring up stuff that was never heard by you or your forefathers before. It was never heard by the Muslims before. Rasulullah says, beware of them, don't let them mislead you and misguide you. Therefore these are people who might come in the cloak of religion. And they're presenting the people with things and they're attributing this to Islam and it doesn't belong to Islam. You didn't hear it and your forefathers before never heard it. They're making it up. And they're lying. And that's why they were called imposters. Dajjalun. Dajjal. Dajjal is extreme lying with manipulation and deception. And Rasulullah is warning us from them. And that's why it's important to verify information in religion. It's important to verify. We shouldn't be blind followers. We shouldn't just listen to the whoever it is. No matter how knowledgeable or how big the shaykh is or how great the person is, information in religion needs to be verified. And just like Imam Malik said, that everyone you take and you leave from their words except the one in this grave. Except Rasulullah He's the only one we receive his word without any questioning. But with everyone else, no matter how big the scholar is, we take some and we leave some. And verification in religion is important, especially in a time when there's a lot of fabrication in hadith. Because with hadith, that is where people fabricate. Nobody can fabricate Quran. Quran is not fabricated. But with hadith, people fabricate. But the hadith is also protected. If we would put the effort into verifying what we hear. And Abdullah bin Mas'ud says, this is also in Muslim, إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ لَا يَتَمَثَّلُ فِي صُورَةِ الرَّجُلِ فَيَأْتِي الْقَوْمِ فَيُحَدِّثُهُمْ بِالْحَدِيثِ مِنَ الْكَذِبِ فَيَتَفَرَّقُونَ فَيَقُولُ الرَّجُلُ مِنْهُمْ سَمِعْتُ رَجُلًا أَعْرِفُ وَجْهَهُ وَلَا أَدْرِي مَسْمُهُ يُحَدِّثُ Ibn Mas'ud says that shaitan would present himself in the form of a man and speak to people in, and the people would leave and they would convey what they heard and they would say, I heard somebody whom I know his face, but I know, don't know his name saying this and that. Why? Because they don't verify. I just know the face of the person. I saw the person, but I don't know who he is. And just convey the information. Therefore, we have to verify the information that we convey. Because it might not be true. And there's a lot of false things that are circulating among the people. Unbelievable things. Are circulating among the people and they have no basis in religion whatsoever. Sign number 34. عن عبد الله بن عمرو بن العاص قال إن في البحر شياطين مسجونة أوثقها سليمان يوشك أن تخرج فتقرأ على الناس قرآنا عبد الله بن عمرو بن العاص says and this hadith is in Muslim that there are some devils imprisoned in the oceans and they were imprisoned by سليمان عليه السلام a time will come when they would come out and they would recite unto people now here the word, Rasulullah used the word Qur'an, but it does not mean, because the word Qur'an means recitation. The word itself, Qur'an, means recitation. So in this hadith, is not talking about the Qur'an. It's talking about recitation. Because the meaning of the word, the linguistic meaning of the word Qur'an is recitation. These devils are going to come out of the seas, of the ocean, and they're going to recite to people uh, words, and they're going to claim that these are revelations, and these are sacred books. They're going to say that these are this is holy scripture and this is sacred books and they might even claim that this is Quran but nobody can tamper with Quran because Quran is protected even if they claim it's Quran the Quran is protected Allah 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says we are the ones who reveal Quran and we will protect. Guaranteed protection by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sign number 35. عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أن بين يدي الساعة شهادة الزور وكتمان شهادة الحق. Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم says in this hadith narrated by Ahmed that approaching the day of judgment will be shahada al-zur wa kitman shahada al-haq shahada al-zur is false witness and kitman shahada al-haq is concealing the true witness people are going to go to court and lie make false witness and the people who know the truth are going to conceal it and when this happens it is the destruction of the society because no society, no society whatsoever can survive without justice. Justice is the fabric that holds the society forever. Whenever it's missing, the life of people becomes miserable. And look at the hardship of the people around the world. You find that the less justice there is, the worse their life is. Even if they have money. Money is not the issue. The security and the tranquility, content that people have in their heart is based on Justice, al-adl. And these are very miserable times when the people are going to be false in their witness. And subhanAllah, because Islam values justice so much, false witness was made one of the seven major sins. Al-Kaba'ir Sab'ah. There are seven major sins. Al-Kaba'ir Sab'ah, one of them is false witness. And when Rasulullah was talking about the seven major sins, al-Shirk Billah and Al-Qulqulwaldin and Al-Riba, he was leaning. And then he sat straight and said, Allah wa shahadat al-zur, Allah wa shahadat al-zur, Allah wa shahadat al-zur. False witness, false witness, false witness. And he kept on repeating it until the Sahaba said, we wish that Rasulullah didn't say it. Rasulullah was emphasizing on it so much and became so upset when he said it. Because that is how much concern Rasulullah had when it came to false witness. It is one of the major seven sins. It destroys the deeds of the person. These major sins, they destroy the deeds of a person. This is how dangerous false witness is. And then kitman shahadat al-haq is also a sin. When you know the truth and you conceal it. When you know the truth and you don't speak it, then that is a sin. Sign number 36. The ratio of woman to man increases. سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول من أشراط الساعة ثم قال تكثر النساء ويقل الرجال حتى يكون لخمسين امرأة القيم الواحد رواه البخاري البخاري narrates that one of the signs of the day of judgment is that the number of women would increase and the number of men would decrease so for every 50 women would be one man that is how big the difference is. Fifty women to one man. And in the uh, explanation of the hadith by Imam uh, An-Nawawi, he explains that and he says, سَبَبُ ذَلِكَ كَثْرَةُ الْفِتَنِ فَأَكْثُرُ الْقَتْلِ فَجَالِ لِأَنَّهُمْ أَهْلَ الْحَرْبِ دُونَ النِّسَاءِ An-Nawawi says the reason is that in the times of tribulation and trials, there will be so many wars and battles and so many men would be killed because the men are the fighters. The men are going to be killed in battles and wars around the world and the number of women, therefore the, there would be a big difference in the ratio. 50 women to one man. Sign number 37, sudden death. Maut al-faj'ah. Rasulullah says in the hadith narrated by At-Tabarani, إِنَّ مِنْ أَمَارَاتِ السَّاعَةِ ثُمَّ قَالْ أَنْ يَظْهَرَ مَوْتُ الْفَجْعَةِ Rasulullah says one of the signs of the day of judgment is that sudden death would occur frequently. There would be a lot of sudden death. That is heart attack, strokes. Well, no, it's, it, it's not accidents. It's not accidents. It's, it's talking about because an accident is a reason for death. This is suddenly you would find a person die, die, dead because of an internal reason. An internal reason. So it would be, yeah, the strokes and heart attacks, Allah, and these are and these are uh, diseases of modern society. These are diseases of modern society. These are illnesses of the technological era. Heart attack and strokes are... Now it has become an epidemic and a big problem 
because of the modern lifestyle of the technological era, because of the stationary work style where people are sitting in offices. Even in the past, nobody would sit in an office. That's not how people would work. How did they work? They would go on the farm. If they're in business, they would have to travel. A lot of walking is involved. They have to walk back and forth to work. They have to go everywhere they want to go. Uh, walking. Therefore, the lifestyle is very different now. This is a problem of the modern world. I mean, in the past, their lifestyle naturally made them active. Therefore, you didn't have any recreation centers in the past. You didn't have any weightlifting rooms. In the past, if somebody goes out jogging at 6 a.m., what do the people think? What's wrong with it? He lost his mind. He's insane. Why is he running around? But now, people have to make up this lack of activity through recreation. In the past, we don't read about any forms of exercise that the people used to have. People wouldn't go out running and jogging and weightlifting. You have big uh, business now. One of the biggest booming businesses now in the United States is the health and fitness business. Why? Because of the lifestyle of the people. And this lifestyle is what is causing sudden death. In the past, people were naturally strong. No cars, no airplanes. They have to travel long distances. It was natural for people to travel from one country to another. And we're talking about hundreds of kilometers, hundreds of miles. Sign number 38, hostility between people. سُئِلَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ عَنَ السَّاعَةِ فَقَالَ عِلْمُهَا عِنْدَ رَبِّي لَا يُجَلِّيَهَا لِوَقْتِهَا إِلَّا هُوْ وَلَكِنْ أُخْبِرُكُمْ بِمَشَارِيطِهَا وَمَا يَكُونُ بَيْنَ يَدَيْهَا إِنَّ بَيْنَ يَدَيْهَا فِتْنَةً وَهَرَجًا قالوا يا رسول الله الفتنة قد عرفناها فالهرج ما هو قال بلسان الحبشة القتل ويلقى بين الناس التناكر فلا يكاد أحد أن يعرف أحدا رواه أحمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم was asked about the day of judgment the sa'ah hour رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said only Allah knows but I will tell you some of its signs one of its signs is that there will be fitna and haraj the Sahaba said, we know what fitna means, trials and tribulations. What does haraj mean? Rasulullah said, it means in the Abyssinian language, Lisan al-Habasha, in the language of Abyssinia, it means killing. There will be widespread killing. And then Rasulullah said, وَيُلْقَى بَيْنَ النَّاسِ التَّنَاكُرُ فَلَا يَكَادُ أَحَدٌ أَنْ يَعْرِفَ أَحَدًا People will not know each other. Rasulullah did not mean that people do not know each other with the... Uh, in terms of the name and who the person is, but it meant that the way they deal with each other is, I don't know you. Hostility. Hostility between people. You might know the person very well, but the way you deal with the person is as if he is nobody, as if he's nothing. That's how people deal with each other. It's the law of the jungle. And that is a time when people are going to be very hostile. The Sahaba knew about this and they were warning each other and advising each other about this. Mu'adh ibn Jabal and Abu Ubaidah ibn Jarrah they sent Umar ibn Khattab a letter giving him advice about this. And this is narrated in Al-Tabarani. Rawa Al-Tabarani an Muhammad ibn Sawqa qal Ataytu Na'aym ibn Abi Hind fa'akhraja ilayya sahifa fa'idha fiha min Abi Ubaidah ibn Jarrah wa Mu'adh ibn Jabal ila Umar ibn Khattab. Salamun alayk. Thumma قالوا له وإنا كنا نتحدث أن أمر هذه الأمة في آخر زمانها سيرجع إلى أن يكونوا إخوان العلانية أعداء السرية. نعيم بن أبي هند he had a letter with him that was sent from معاذ بن جبل and Abu Ubaidah to Umar bin Khattab when he was the Khalifa. And they were giving him advice. Among the advice they gave him, they said that we were talking among ourselves about the end of time for this ummah, when the people would be brothers in public, enemies in private. They're warning Umar ibn Khattab about this time. They're saying that in the end of this ummah, there will be a time when the people are going to be brothers in public. They shake hands, they smile in each other's face, they hug and they embrace, but inside, they're enemies. Umar ibn Khattab responded and said, وكتبت ما تحذراني أن أمر هذه الأمة سيرجع في آخر زمانها إلى أن يكونوا إخوان العنانية أعداء السريرة ولستم بأولئك 
وليس هذا بزمان ذلك وذلك زمان تظهر فيه الرغبة والرهبة تكون رغبة بعض الناس إلى بعض لصلاح دنياهم عمر خطب said you sent me a letter warning me that the people would be brothers in public and enemies in private but I am telling you that this is not talking about you and it's talking, not talking about this age and time this is talking about a time when the people would have interests and fear they have interests among themselves only for the benefit of this world I would be interested in you only for the purpose of my benefit in this world it's business relation it's relation for the benefit in this dunya there is nothing for the sake of Allah relationships will not be based on the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they would be based solely for the purpose of interests in this dunya in this world and we find a lot of that now it's very rare to find relationships built on the sake of love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala relationships are based on money and common interest in this world and that is why hearts are not together whatever is based on interest for this world will never continue whatever is based on akhirah would continue their hearts are going in different directions look at the description of Quran shatta. shatta means the hearts are dispersed because everyone is going in a different direction the only unified direction is the direction towards akhirah but in dunya there will always come a point when my interest conflicts with yours that will happen there are some times when the interests are common and compatible but there are some times when they're not that's why it's not always possible to get a win-win situation like some management gurus wants us to believe sometimes there's a situation when the interests are conflicting there's a conflict of interest and that's why if it wasn't for people pushing others, pushing each other, then the world would go corrupt. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the places of worship would have been destroyed if it wasn't for the jihad that is keeping the enemy away. There must be some situations where the interest is conflicting, therefore one side needs to overcome the other. Umar ibn Khattab told the Sahaba, don't worry, this is not the time of that. This is not the time, that's in the future. For further information, please contact Al Bashir Publications and Translations at 1 or visit our website at www.albashir.com That's www.al-b-a-s-h-e-e-r.com You can also write to our address at 10515 East 40th Avenue, Suite 108, Denver, Colorado, 80239-3264. Please proceed to the next CD.